Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple, episode titled, At Bertram's Hotel, where during a stay at one of London's most elegant and venerable hotels, Miss Marple uncovers a sinister undercurrent of corruption and murder. This will be a five-part series. So sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. My nephew, Raymond West, he's quite a famous novelist, you know, had paid for me to have a two-week holiday at Bertram's Hotel, a place I always used to stay in when I was a young girl. At first, I was so happy to find that nothing had changed there at all. But after a while, I began to grow a little uneasy. Wasn't Bertram's, perhaps, a little too good to be true? And what had happened to my old friend Canon Pennyfather, who had not been seen for well over a week? We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple and Frederick Yeager as Chief Inspector Davy in Agatha Christie's At Bertram's Hotel. After a while, one becomes so accustomed to the guests at Bertram's, either they are retired generals or the less affluent members of the aristocracy or elderly clergymen or, of course, middle-aged tourists from America, that anyone even remotely out of the ordinary comes quite as a surprise. That was why the racing driver Malinowski had caused such a stir. And that was why I couldn't help noticing a grey-haired, sun-tanned, rather bovine-looking man in his late fifties making his way to the reception desk. With him was a man in his thirties with a neat little moustache. Surely they couldn't have been policemen. I think it would be best if you were to take the lead, Campbell. Throw your weight about a bit. Oh, if you say so, Chief Inspector. Take care not to call me sir. Let them think I'm your sergeant. And what can I do for you, gentlemen? Uh, Do you have a reservation? Inspector Campbell, CID. We'd like a word, if we may, about Canon Pennyfather. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, Of course. Uh, Perhaps it would be best if we went into the office. Uh, We can talk more easily there. Ah, nice place you've got here. Good old-fashioned comfort. We pride ourselves on making our visitors comfortable. (laughs) Now, um, what can I tell you about Canon Pennyfather? I've got a report made by Sergeant Waddell on the good gentleman's disappearance, but I'd like to hear from you exactly what happened, Miss Gorringe. I don't think that Canon Pennyfather has really disappeared, in the sense in which one would usually use that word. How do you mean, madam? Well, I rather think you know that he's just met someone somewhere, an old friend or colleague, perhaps, and has gone off with him to a scholarly meeting or something of the kind on the continent. He is so very vague. Mm. You've known him for some time. Oh, yes, he's been coming here to stay for at least six or seven years now. Mm. Ah, you've been here for some time yourself, madam. I have been at Bertram's Hotel for 14 years. And Canon Pennyfather usually stays here when he's in London, is that right? Oh, yes, he always comes to us. He writes well beforehand to reserve his room. He is much less vague on paper than he is in real life. (laughs) 
He asked for a room from the 17th to the 21st. He was going to Lucerne, I understand. Yes, to some uh, theological conference or other, I believe. Mm. And uh, when did you begin to get worried about him? Well, I wasn't worried about him at all at first, but when I realised that he hadn't come back and that the Honourable Mrs Saunders was booked into his room on the 23rd, she always has that room. She is most insistent. Mm. Well, it made things rather awkward. And then when his housekeeper rang up, I began to wonder what could have happened to him. And did you speak to his housekeeper, Mrs um, McRae, I believe her name is? Several times on the telephone. Mm -hmm. I believe that she and Archdeacon Simmons got in touch with near friends and relations, but they had no idea where the canon was. And since he was expecting the archdeacon to stay with him, it certainly seemed very odd. In fact, it still does that he should not have returned home. Oh, yes, but you knew that he was pretty absent-minded. And now I understand from the archdeacon that he never went to this conference he was supposed to be attending. Do you know whether he ever sent any message to the people in Lucerne to say that he couldn't go? I don't think so. Not from here, at any rate. But I don't actually know anything about the conference. I'm only really concerned about our side of the matter. And now it has got into the evening papers. The fact that he's missing, I mean. I only hope that the press don't get on to the fact that he was staying here. I wouldn't like to see reporters in the hotel. Our guests would not care for that at all. If you can keep them off us, we should be so very grateful. Yes. I mean, it's not as if he had disappeared from here. His luggage is still here. It's still in the baggage room. If he didn't go to Lucerne, do you think he may have been run over? Or something like well, that? As far as we know, nothing of the kind has happened to him. It does seem very curious. I mean, it makes one wonder where he could have gone and, and why. Now, I understand that Canon Pennyfather left about 6.30 in the evening of Thursday the 19th. He had with him a small overnight bag and he directed the commissionaire to tell the driver to take him to the air terminal. Yes, that is correct. Mm. Well, it's nice to get the facts straight, isn't it? So he went off with his little B-O-A-C bag. B-O-A-C, B-E-A, something of the sort. Um, so he went off with his little bag and he never came back. Yes, exactly. So, you see, I, I really cannot help you. Well, it doesn't seem as if you could, but someone else might be able to. I don't understand you, Sergeant. Someone else? One of the staff, perhaps. I don't think there is anyone who knows anything that I haven't told you, or they would certainly have reported it to me. Well, perhaps they might, and then again, perhaps they mightn't. Or it may have been something nobody thought worth reporting. It could have just been some chance thing that might give one a clue. He might have said something like, I'm going to stay next week with a niece of mine for her daughter's confirmation. <laughs> with absent-minded people, you know, little clues like that can be a great help. They show what was in a person's mind. I see what you mean, of course, but it does seem a little unlikely. Oh, you never know your luck. Uh, did you notice any of your guests here talking to Canon Pennyfather? Oh, yes. I saw him talking to Lady Selina Hazy, and I noticed him having a chat with the Bishop of Norwich. They were at Oxford together, I believe. You see, he might have mentioned something to one of them. Is there anyone who knew him still staying in the hotel? Well, there's Colonel Radley, but I can't imagine he would be of much use to you. He really is quite remarkably deaf. Hmm. And there's an old lady who came up from the country I noticed him talking to once or twice. Miss Marple, her name is. Well, we could make a start there, perhaps. And uh, there's a chambermaid, I suppose. Oh, uh, yes, but she has already been interviewed by Sergeant Waddell. Yes, I know, but not from this angle, Miss Gorringe. 
Anyone else? Uh, how about the people who waited on him at the table? Well, there's Henry, of course. Who's Henry? <laughs> Henry has been with us for many years. Well, you must have noticed him serving tea when oh. you came in. <laughs> oh, yes. Quite a character. <laughs> I don't know what we should do without Henry. He really is wonderful. He sets the tone of the place, you know. And he was always most attentive to Canon Penny, Father. Well, perhaps he might serve the tea to us. <laughs> I quite fancy a muffin. <laughs> ah, Miss Gorringe. I hope I'm not disturbing you. These two gentlemen are from Scotland Yard, Mr Humphreys. Detective Inspector Campbell. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, to discuss the matter of Canon Pennyfather, I presume. Mm -hmm. A most extraordinary business. I hope that nothing has happened to the poor old chap. Such a dear old gentleman. Uh, one of the old school. You seem to have quite a lot of the old school here. <laughs> I suppose we do, yes. <laughs> In many ways, we're quite a survival. We have our regulars. The same people come back year after year, particularly from America, Boston and Washington. They like our English atmosphere. You're quite certain that no message came here from the cannon. I mean, it might have been taken by someone who forgot to write it down and pass it on. Telephone messages are always taken down most carefully. Ah. I cannot conceive it possible that a message would not have been passed on to me or to the appropriate person on duty. <clears throat> We've really answered all these questions before, you know, Inspector. We gave all the information at our disposal to your sergeant. Mm, yes, but you see, Mr Humphreys, things have begun to look rather serious. It sounds a bit more than absent-mindedness. Uh, that's why I thought it would be a good idea if we could have a word with some of the people here who knew Canon Pennyfather. Do you want me to arrange for you to interview them? No, I don't <laughs> see any need to make it too formal. We don't want to worry people. I'm sure you can leave it safely to us. I hope you understand that while we wish to help you in every way, we are extremely concerned about any press publicity. Uh, we are fully aware of that. And I'd like to have a word with the chambermaid. If you wish. Uh, Miss Sheldon will be on duty at six o'clock on the second floor. Though I doubt very much if she'll be able to tell you anything. Probably not, but one never knows. In the meantime, I will arrange for Henry to serve tea for you in the lounge. That would be very kind of you. Um, I'll take care of this, if you like, sir. I know you've got an appointment. Hmm? Oh, yes. Uh, take care of it for me, will you, hmm. Sergeant? <clears throat> Perhaps we might start with that Miss Marple lady. I don't suppose anything will come of it, but it's worth trying. Uh, Miss Marple is taking tea in the lounge. Ah. I'll oh. get Henry to point her out to you. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for giving us your time, Mr Humphreys, uh, Miss Gorringe. Always pleased to be of service. You know, Campbell, I don't much like that chap, Humphreys. You think there's something fishy about him? Well, you know the sort of feeling you sometimes get. Even smarmy sort of chap. Mm. I wonder if he's the owner, only the manager. Shouldn't be too difficult to find uh, out. Yes, but quietly. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, nothing in particular. I just think I'd like to have a bit more information about this place. Who's behind it, what its financial status is, all that sort of thing. Oh, I should have thought if there was one place in London that was above suspicion... Yeah, I know, I know, that's just what interests me. What a useful thing it is to have a reputation like that. If I'm going to find out what's really going on at Bertram's, I shall need someone to pull a few strings for me. See if you can get me an interview with the Chief, will you? I'll do that, sir. And good luck with Miss Marple. Why do they want to talk to the chambermaid, Miss Gorringe? I thought they'd gone through it all before. I imagine it's just routine. You'd better have a word with her first. But surely Inspector Campbell simply wants it to confirm... It isn't Campbell who'll be talking to her. It's the other one. Do you know who he is? I didn't quite get his name. Sergeant somebody or that other. That is Chief Inspector Davy. An old fox, if ever there was one. 
I'd like to know what he's doing here, nosing around. I don't like it at all. Did he ask to see anyone else apart from Rose? I think he may have a word with Henry. Ah. <laughs> well, we needn't worry about Henry. He can ask him whatever he likes. And what did you think of the muffins, sir? Oh, first rate. Really first rate. They really are very good, aren't they? Just like muffins used to be in the good old days. <laughs> now, can you please point out Miss Marple to me? She's the elderly lady sitting over by the fireplace, sir. Ah, the one with the fluffy hair and the knitting. <laughs> Might almost be on the stage, mightn't you? <laughs> Everyone's universal great aunt. <laughs> well, thank you, Henry. I'll go and have a word with her. Thank you, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I believe you are Miss Marple. Yes, that is so. Oh, I hope you don't mind me speaking to you. You see, I'm a police officer. Uh, may I sit down? Of course. Is there something wrong? Oh, there's nothing to worry about. No burglary or anything like that. Uh, just a little difficulty about an absent-minded clergyman. Uh, you know him, I think. Canon Pennyfather? Oh, <laughs> Canon Pennyfather. He was here only the other day. Yes, I've known him, uh, but only slightly, for many years. Uh, As you say, he is rather absent-minded. What has he done now? Well, in a manner of speaking, Miss Marple, he's lost himself. Oh, dear. Where ought he to be? Back home in his cathedral close. But he isn't. He told me that he was going to a conference in Lucerne. Something to do with the Dead Sea Scrolls, I think he said. He's a great Hebrew and Aramaic scholar, you know. Uh, yes, you're quite right, Miss Marple. And that's where he was supposed to be going. Do you mean he didn't turn up there? Uh, no, I'm afraid he didn't. Uh, well, I suppose he got his dates wrong. <laughs> Very likely. I'm afraid this is not the first time that such a thing has happened. I once went to take tea with him at his home in Chadminster, and he'd gone off somewhere. His housekeeper hadn't the faintest idea where he was. He um, didn't say anything to you when he was staying here. That might give us a clue, I suppose. You'll know the sort of thing. Um, some friend he'd met or some plans he'd made, uh, apart from the conference at Lucerne. Oh, no. The only thing he mentioned was the Lucerne conference. He was quite excited about it. I think he said that it was on the 19th. Yes, that was the date. I thought he said the 19th, but at the time he might have meant the 19th and it really might have been the 20th. I mean, he might have thought the 20th was the 19th. Or perhaps the other way around. I, I don't quite follow you. I'm afraid I'm putting it rather badly, but I mean, people like Canon Pennyfather. If they say they're going somewhere on a Thursday, one is quite prepared to find that they didn't mean Thursday. It may be Wednesday or Friday, they really mean. Usually they find out in time, but sometimes they just don't. I thought at the time that something like that must have happened. You mean you knew that he hadn't been to Lucerne? I knew that he wasn't in Lucerne on the Thursday. He was here all day most of the day. That's why I thought when he said Thursday to me, he really meant Friday. Uh, but he certainly left here on Thursday evening with his BEA bag. Uh, quite so. I naturally took it that he was going off to the airport. That's why I was so surprised to see that he was back again. I beg your pardon? Uh, what do you mean by back again? Well, that he was back here again. <laughs> Let's get this quite clear, Miss Marple. You saw Canon Pennyfather leave for the airport with his overnight bag early in the evening. Is that right? Uh, yes, at about half past six. But you say he came back. Oh, perhaps he had missed the plane. That would account for it. Uh, when did he come back? I don't know, really. I didn't see him come back. 
But I thought you said you did see him. Oh, yes, but that was later. I mean, I didn't actually see him come into the hotel. And when was it that you did see him? I couldn't sleep very well. Something woke me up, some sound. I looked at my little clock. It was ten minutes past three. For some reason, I can't tell you why, I felt uneasy. Footsteps, perhaps, outside my room. So I got up and opened my door very quietly and looked out. There was Canon Pennyfather leaving his room next door to mine and going off downstairs wearing his overcoat. He came out of his room wearing his overcoat and went down the stairs at three o'clock in the morning. Yes, I thought it was odd at the time. But Miss Mother, why haven't you told anyone about this before? Nobody asked me. Uh, no. No, I suppose nobody would ask you. It's as simple as that. You think that something has happened to Canon Pennyfather, don't you? Well, it's over a week now. He didn't have a stroke and fall down in the street. He's not in hospital as the result of an accident. So, where is he? His disappearance has been reported in the press, but no one's come forward with any information. Oh, they may not have noticed it in the papers. I didn't. Hmm. It's beginning to look, though, as if he somehow meant to disappear. Leaving the place like that in the middle of the night. You're quite sure about it, aren't you, Miss Marple? You didn't dream it. I'm absolutely sure. Well, thank you very much, Miss Marple. You've given me a good deal to think about. You will let me know, won't you, if you find out what has happened to him? Oh, of course I will. And now, if you'll excuse me, I shall go and have a word with the chambermaid. A very pleasant girl. Her name is Rose. Oh, yes, sir. Canon Pennyfather's a very nice gentleman. He often stays here. A little absent-minded, or so I've heard. Perhaps a little, sir. And I understand that the last time you saw him was on the morning Morning of, of the... Thursday the 19th, sir. He told me he wouldn't be back that night, nor possibly not the following night, neither. He was off to somewhere in Switzerland, he said. He gave me two shirts he wanted laundering, and I said they'd be ready for him on the morning of the following day. And you didn't see him again? No, sir. You see, I'm not on duty in the afternoon... I came back again at six in the evening, and by that time he must have left or been downstairs. He wasn't in his room. And did you call him on the following morning? Oh, no, sir. There was no cause to. He was away. Ah. What do you ordinarily do? Take him early morning tea or breakfast? Early tea. He always had breakfast downstairs. So you didn't go into his room at all the next day? Oh, yes, sir, I did. There were shirts for one thing, and, of course, I cleaned the room. All the rooms were cleaned and dusted every day. Had the bed been slept in... How could it have been, sir? He was away. Well, was it rumpled? Did it look as if anyone had sat down on it? Oh, no, sir. So there was nothing to show that he had come back into his room, uh, perhaps much later, um, after midnight? No, sir. And what about his clothes? Were they packed up in his suitcase? No, sir. They were hanging up in the cupboards. He was keeping his room on, you see, sir. Well, who did pack them up? You mean when he didn't come back, sir? Yes. I did. Miss Gorringe gave orders, sir. The room was wanted for a new lady coming in. And what about the airport bag? Beg your pardon, sir? A small dark blue bag, probably a BEA bag. The kind you take with you on an aeroplane. Oh, that? Yes, sir. But of course he'd have taken that with him to Switzerland. But the Canon Pennyfather never got to Switzerland. So he must have left it behind. Or else he came back here and left it with his other luggage. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm not quite sure I believe he did. At least I think so. Will that be all, sir? Thank you very much, Rose. You may go. Thank you, sir.
They didn't brief you on that one, did they, my girl? So what was the right answer, I wonder? Uh, can I get you a taxi, sir? Uh, not just now. You're an ex-army man. Uh, yes, sir. Irish Guards. I see you're wearing the military medal. Where did you get that? In Burma. And what's your name? Michael Gorman. Do you like it here? Well, it's peaceful enough. Wouldn't you prefer somewhere like the Hilton? I would not. This is much more my kind of place. <laughs> you get a lot of racing gentlemen here for Ascot and Newbury. I keep my ears open and sometimes come up with a winner. Ah, a bit of a gambler then, are you? What would life be without the odd little flutter, sir? <laughs> Care to take a gamble on what my profession is? Well, no offence to you, sir, but if I may guess, I'd say you were a cop. Right first time. <laughs> Tell me, do you remember a, a Canon Pennyfather? Canon Pennyfather? Yes, elderly clergyman, white hair. Clergymen are as thick as peas in a pod in this place. Well, this one's disappeared. Oh, that one, the uh, absent-minded fella. How did you know him? Well, I wouldn't remember him at all if it weren't for people asking me questions about him. All I know is that I put him in a taxi for the air terminal. I believe he was supposed to be going to Switzerland, but I gather he never got there. Lost himself, it seems. And you didn't see him later that day? No, sir. What time did you go off duty? 11.30. And who takes over after you? Well, no one, sir. There's Eldridge, the night porter, but uh, the guests all have their own keys. Oh. That's not the kind of car you'd associate with this place. <laughs> no, you won't find many of the old bishops or generals driving about in one of these, sir. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> a man in a hurry, evidently. Do you know who that fellow is? A dangerous driver, I shouldn't wonder. That's Ladislaus Malinowski. He won the Grand Prix two years ago. He had a bad smash last year. Oh, that's when he seems to have survived it. They say it's right as rain now. Surely he can't be staying at Bertrand's. Not his kind of thing at all, I'd imagine. Oh, no, he's not staying here, sir. But a friend of his is. <laughs> it's a funny old world, isn't it, sir? F-A-N-2266. Yes, sir, I've made a note of it. Mm. Uh, and you say the owner is Ladislaus Malinowski? Yes, that's right, Campbell. Uh, right, I'll look into it, sir. Oh, and we've heard from a girl at the air terminal. Oh? It seems that Canon Pennyfather turned up there on the evening of the 19th. Uh, his flight was booked for the previous day, they said. He seemed very confused by it all and just walked off. Yeah, and if Miss Marple is to be believed, and I can't see any reason why not, he went back to Bertram's hotel. Ah. But why did he go out again? That's what I can't fathom. Hmm. Oh, I arranged that meeting with the chief, sir. Sir Ronald will see you in half an hour's time. Ladislaus Malinowski. Well, you think he might be the mastermind you're looking for, Davy? It could be, Sir Ronald. He fits the bill. Uh, rather a far throw, I'd have thought. Oh, I know he's supposed to be a daredevil with nerves of steel, or whatever they call him in the papers, and he's got quite a reputation with the women. But that doesn't necessarily qualify him as a master thief. What evidence have you got to support it? Well, I admit I haven't got very much that would stand up in court. Uh, as yet, he runs a Mercedes Otto... And a car answering to that description was seen near Bedhampton at the time of the mail robbery. And it's the same kind of stunt we've seen before. Unlike, but not too unlike. The number the constable noted was FAN 2299, not 2266. There aren't many models of that type about, though. Yes, but this doesn't help us much in proving that Malinowski is the man behind the robbery network. I am certain that he was involved in it. There was a Mercedes Otto at the scene of the Midland and West London bank robbery. And you're sure it was the same car? Well, that's what's so frustrating. The woman reported it as FAN 3366. Instead of FAN 2266. Mm. 
It's all the same picture, sir. And Malinowski drove up to Bertram's hotel this afternoon in a Mercedes Otto with the number FAN2266. Funny how everything always seems to lead us back to Bertram's Hotel. Yes, it can't all be just coincidence. I want to find out more about that place. I'm sure it's central to the whole issue. You'll have a devil of a job proving that, David. It's probably the most respectable hotel in London, and it has an eminently respectable clientele. I know, I know. It's too damn respectable, if you ask me. I took a look at the register on the reception desk. Sir this and the Honourable that, bishops, admirals and old ladies up from Cheltenham, and wealthy but very proper Americans. They all fall into a kind of pattern. You can't suspect there's something funny going on at Bertram's just because their visitors are all too respectable. Oh, yes, I know it sounds ridiculous. But, well, it's not natural somehow, Sir Ronald. And you can't get away from the fact that one of its respectable clients, a scholarly clergyman of the Church of England, was seen creeping down the stairs of the hotel at three o'clock in the morning. Who saw him? An old lady, a Miss Jane Marple. What was she doing at three in the morning? Why wasn't she tucked up in bed? Uh, old ladies are like that, sir. Huh. And this highly respectable clergyman, I take it that this is Canon Pennyfather. That's right, sir. Well, there's another coincidence for you, Davy. We received a report about him in connection with the robbery of the Irish mail at Bedhampton. In what way? When the train was stopped by that signal that had been tampered with, a good many people woke up and looked out. And it seems that another old lady, well, middle-aged anyway, who lives in Chadminster and knows Canon Pennyfather by sight, said she saw him coming into the train by one of the doors. Now, she thought he must have got down to see what was wrong and was coming in again. The train was stopped by 5.30am. Canon Pennyfather was seen by Miss Marple leaving Bertram's hotel at around 3.30. Now, if he'd been driven up to Bedhampton in a fast racing car... No, I think you're beginning to get racing cars on the brain, Davy. Just because you don't like the look of Malinowski. Chief, I'd like you to do something for me. I want you to pull a few strings. What kind of strings? I want to know who owns Bertram's Hotel. The real owners, I mean. Not the people it's registered in the name of. I suppose it might be done. It's got to be done, Sir Ronald. I'll do what I can, Davy. But it'll have to be handled with kid gloves. So, you're awake at long last. How are you feeling, dearie? Uh, uh, I'm not at all sure. Oh, that's not surprising, Ducks. You've been quite bad, you mm. know. Something hit you, a nasty crack, the doctor said. Some man in a car, not even stopping after he'd knocked you down. Uh, well, uh, I had an accident, a, a motor accident. Ah, that's right. Found you by the side of the road when we came home. Thought you was drunk at first. Then my husband said he'd better take a look. It may have been an accident, he said. There wasn't no smell of drink or anything. No, there wouldn't have been. Oh, anyway, there you were, out like a log. There wasn't anything on you to say who you were, so we brought you back here and got the doctor round. Mild concussion, he says, and told us to keep you lying flat in a dark room. Ah, uh, how long have I been here? Since Friday morning. But where, where are we? I mean, where, where am I? What is this place? 
Miss Marple? Miss Marple? Yes, Miss Gorringe, what is it? There's a telephone call for you. Perhaps you'd like to take it in the phone booth just over there, number three. Thank you. Hello, uh, this is Miss Marple. This is Chief Inspector Davy, Miss Marble. Oh. Uh, we were talking the other day about Canon Pennyfather. Yes, I remember. Well, I thought you might like to know that your friend, Canon Pennyfather, has turned up. Oh, I'm so glad. Is he all right? Uh, he's apparently had some kind of accident, but he isn't in any danger. Where is he? He's in a place called Milton St. John. Oh, that means nothing to me. Uh, where is it? Well, that's the funny thing about it. It's only a few miles from Bedhampton. The place where the Irish mail robbery took place. Oh, dear. What on earth was he doing there? been a nostalgic mystery radio presentation i hope you enjoyed this episode please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app also there's a nostalgic mystery radio youtube page for your perusal to subscribe to you can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com i hope you have a blessed day or evening and again thank you for listening